The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. At seven minutes after eight. Now, has South African Airways descended to a point of no return or can the national carrier recalibrate its course? Now, we ask these questions in the wake of a list of issues that are currently plaguing the airline. Aside from pilots delivering a vote of no confidence in SAA's leadership, there have been top-level resignations and great concern over the restructuring of an existing Airbus deal that may uh, potentially sink the airline. When executives appeared before Parliament's Portfolio Committee, they admitted that SAA could not achieve going concern status unless the Treasury granted it another guarantee of about uh, between 4 and 5 billion rand, bringing the total guarantees to about 20 billion. But it's time for a facelift as the presidency goes through the process of appointing a new board. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, we discuss how SAA can change its course from its current woes. Is it something that can be salvaged? Or should we just give up and SAA be sold off? What are your thoughts on this? 891 is the call-in number. You can SMS us on the number 34701 or you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And joining us for the discussion this morning, Dr. John Tambi, who is a South African Airways board member. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Dr. Tambi. Thank you very much. Good morning. We also have Yake Kwinana, who is chairwoman of SAA's Audit and Risk Committee. Thanks for your time as well. Good morning, Sagina, and to the listeners. And thank you, Guy Leach, aviation expert, editor, and publisher of SA Flyer magazine, for uh, also joining the discussion. Hi, Sagina. Nice to be here. Now, let's just start, you know, when we talk about SAA at the moment, issues of transparency, of honesty, uh, seems to cloud the woes that the carrier finds itself under. But who should be blamed for the problems that SAA faces at the moment, Dr. Tambi? Uh, good morning. I think... Um, it is not fair to try to identify or finger point to any one individual. SA has legacy issues dating back in the 1990s up to now. There are uh, transactions that were entered into that are now coming to manifest, for example, the swap issue, which I would like to discuss later. But most importantly, there are also operational issues and also issues affecting the airline in terms of profitability, for example, we have Cape Town, Devon, and Johannesburg being open to non-African carriers with fit freedom rights. So it makes it very difficult for South African Airways to compete even domestically. That is just an example of some of the challenges. And also some of these legacy issues that were entered into, for example, in 2002, aircraft acquisition, we now have to pay for those aircraft, that some of which we don't need. So these legacy issues, are you therefore saying that some of them hop back to apartheid days um, and, and, and therefore we need to see them in that context? That is part of it, but uh, not even going to the apartheid days. Some of the issues, for example, in 2002, 41 aircraft we have bought from Airbus. Okay? Now we know that 10 of those aircraft we don't need. That is where the issue of the swap comes about, which I would like to explain to your listeners so that we'll get a clear understanding because there seem to have been a lot of misrepresentation and inaccuracies in the media about the swap. So so here's an opportunity. Why don't you get straight into it? Do that for okay, us. Okay, let me get into the swap issue. You know, in 2002, like I said, South African Airways entered into procurement agreements with Airbus 
They bought 41 aircraft. 15 of those were the A320s. In 2008, five more were added. So we had 20 A320s that were supposed to be delivered to South African Airways by 2010. Ten of those aircraft have already been delivered. In 2014, South African Airways requested Airbus to swap the outstanding 10 aircraft A320s for five A330s. But in the meantime, South African Airways has already paid $103 million as pre-delivery payment. So the amount of standing was $400 million. It's important to understand this. Now, the swap is to replace the $400 million and the 10 aircraft with five A330s. These are dual early aircraft that takes over 200 passengers. What the issue is right now is who is going to lease this aircraft. Airbus will buy those aircraft, give it to a leasing company in Europe that we don't know, and those, that company will now list the aircraft to South African Airways, and South African Airways will pay $895,000 per month per aircraft for 12 years, which will amount to $644,400,000 for 12 years. And after 12 years, those aircraft will not belong to South African Airways. That is the proposal that was given to the government. For some reason, that was what was approved. Now, what the board is trying to say, instead of getting a leasing company that we don't know, that has never been identified, and also we shall be paying in U.S. dollars, why not look for a financial institution locally that could have the same deal, get the aircraft, and lease them to South African Airways at a round rate? For example, in 2003 and 2004, South African Airways made a loss of 13 billion rand. 9.8 billion of that was as a result of dollar hedging. Because of the fluctuation of the dollar and the rand, even if you pay 8.95, you still are not sure what are the rand value for that amount in 12 years. So it is safer if you pay that amount fixed at the rand rate so that the fluctuation will not affect you. And most importantly, the money could also stay in South Africa as opposed to getting a leasing company that we don't know, a leasing company that is out there, and the money could be going out there. This is the difference between what the previous people who proposed the plan and what the board is saying. The irony of this, the same people who are accusing the board of not approving the swap are now the same people who are saying that the swap is not good for South African Airways. So I've just tried to explain. Who are those people? Some people with management, some people with left, and the media. But who are those people? The people, some of those who are left, I'm not going to name them, but these are the people who presented that proposal, and we are supporting it. Now, because we have tried to identify a local financial institution to take over the list, it has become an issue. This is the crux of the matter. So were you aware of this in March when the deal with Airbus was restructured, Dr. Tammy? No, no, we're not aware of it. When we, it was approved during the 90-day action plan, there were conditions attached to it. And one of the conditions was that we should have a robust African strategy, which we have never had. You see, it was approved based on conditions. Those conditions were never addressed. And most importantly also, this uh, swap was never clearly explained, but because of the urgency during the 19-year action plan, we approved it. 
with conditions, and the conditions were never met. Now that we've gone and revisited this and came up with a proper and most uh, financial viable way to, uh, to save the airline, the media is all over, the, all over it. The media is all over it. Guy Leach? Yes, hi. I'm listening to Dr. John Tambi with uh, incredulity. Uh, he sounds very convincing, but let me just stay up front that uh, it's disingenuous. The fact is that there is no um, local agency that could finance these aircraft in RAND, and the money would still leave, leave the country after all they've got to be paid for. Uh, it's, there's no track record for any lending agency to, to purchase these aircraft from um, Airbus and then lease them back to South Africa. And let's face it, he talks, talks all these big monies, big amounts as to how much the aircraft would cost SAA in the long run, but that's what a lease does. Obviously, you pay capital plus interest on the lease, or you pay interest on the lease, and it all adds up to big numbers at the end of the day. But what it does do is it gives you much more flexibility. In other words, you don't have to, you don't own the aircraft, you can give them back at the end of the lease and so on. Um, also, to, to, to blame SIA's um, current position on apartheid is just absolutely stupid. Uh, the, the worst that you can go back to is 2002. Uh, when these original contracts were entered into with Airbus, and that was based on the planning at the time. The, 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 in fact, the, air, the airline would be in quite good condition if it hadn't been for people like John Tamby and the rest of the board who completely derailed it. Um, the previous CEO, Monobisa Kalawi, had an approved long-term turnaround strategy um, that had got rather behind, probably because of obstruction from the board in terms of their transformation agenda. When Nick Abizadenhout was appointed as the, as the, temp- as the acting CEO, he got, in, got behind the long-term turnaround strategy, identified those areas where it got, got behind schedule in a 90-day turnaround plan, and pushed that plan ahead. That has saved the airline a lot of money. It's cut its losses down from about 1.6 billion rand last year to, I believe, 650 million rand this year. And indeed, if the airline hadn't been probably meddled with, it's possible that it would have broken even. So it is, in fact, possible for it to break even. I'm also really disappointed that Dr. Tumby complains about the other airlines having fifth freedom rights, which means that they can fly into South Africa. Actually, they don't have fifth freedom rights, but yes, sure, Etihad or sorry, Emirates is flying into Durban and, and Cape Town. Um, but they, SAA has got to be able to compete with those airlines. It's no point in just running like every other African airline and, and hiding behind government and saying, please help us, we can't compete, we're just not good enough. So I, I have to say, I, I, I now understand why the airline is in such a bad way. When I hear the sort of stuff that is spoken by Dr. Tambi, I had expected more of him. Can I, can I, can I just jump in here? Go for it. I never t- spoke about apartheid to start with. And for you to say that there is no institution to buy those aircraft is very disingenuous on your part, too. You have financial institutions. You have banks here who are, who are aviation sector that also finance aircraft acquisition. So you cannot you, say that... They've, uh, yet, to be, they've yet to be identified no, as saying that they will do the call, deal. I, I don't want to call banks. There are banks here who are capable of financing, financing that. And second, they are, and they did it for, they did it for Comair, but they won't do it for I, SAA. I, 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 I don't want to get into that, but what I'm trying to say, they are, to say that there are no financial institutions here who can finance aircraft, that is not true. That is very... They will, but they'll cover the, they will fall against the RAND. And that'll add another 4 or 5%. All right, let's give each other a chance. I don't think you... I kept quiet when you were talking. You see, people the parade and say, aviation expert. Let's look at the fact. You don't call yourself aviation expert by just taking clippings and trying to say these airlines who have freedom rights. You have a, the Yamasuko decision was for African airlines, but you have non-African airlines coming into the backyard 
competing with South African Airways, making it difficult for South African Airways to lose uh, connecting revenue. You don't go to, to, uh, to Dubai and fly from uh, Dubai and fly to uh, Abu Dhabi. You go straight to Dubai. But now we have a situation whereby other non-African airlines are coming into South Africa, going to different uh, destinations, taking passengers. For example, just in case you don't know, 80% of international travel is on non-African airlines, of African market. So these airlines are taking 80% of the African market. You cannot tell me that is something you can just sit and watch. Well, we can, because the airlines have to be able to compete. There's no, no point in the state throwing money at them because the, the, they can't compete against international airlines. And what we are still not seeing is any implementation of the Yamasuka Declaration or the subsequent decision, which would allow true fifth freedom rights. For instance, in the South African case, an Emirates carrier being able to pick up passengers at, at Johannesburg and flying them onto Durban or Cape Town. That is still not happening. Okay. So, let me bring in uh, Ms. Quinana. She's been listening um, quite attentively here. So, 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 is South African Airways bankrupt at this point? Uh, South African Airways, uh, if I can first explain my understanding of bankruptcy. Bankruptcy basically means that we are not in a position to pay our maturing obligation. And as we speak, SAA is able to pay its maturing obligation. What going concern means, it means that we will not be in a position to continue to exist in the foreseeable future. The explanation of the foreseeable future is one year from the date of signing of the financial statement. But as for the fact that we are bankrupt, we are not bankrupt because we are able to pay our obligation. Able to pay it for how long? As they fall due. Are you able to do a projection as to how long that situation will be feasible? Of course, when we say uh, we will not be able to pay it within, uh, within a year, that means we are saying before the expiry of the year, we will still be able to pay them. But in the event that nothing happens, then we will not be able to pay them after a year. So why has it been so difficult for SAA to actually reduce costs, um, you know, given all the interventions uh, that have been uh, taken, given the 90-day action plan that the Cabinet imposed last year? Why isn't SAA on track? Uh, can I make a statement here? SAA is the best airline in Africa. SAA has the best employees. The 90-day action plan was not imposed by government. The 90-day action plan was a collective action by management and the board to stabilize the airline. I agree with Dr. Tambi 100% on those statements. Okay. And uh, the 90-day action plan was very successful. What has happened after the 90-day action plan, things, we, we begin to identify where are we losing money? Where are the leaks in the SAA? So we undertook a forensic um, investigation to see where SA is losing money, despite the fact that some of our aircraft are full. So this exercise has identified areas where we are losing money. For example, some of our contracts are not negotiated to the best interest of SA. You know, for example, if the contract is $100 million, we just take it at face value and continue with it. And some contracts have, ex- have been extended 
without following the, 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 the actual process. So some of them are illegal. We are trying to identify areas where, for example, funds are not coming to SA. We have funds in Frankfurt, South America, that never came back to SA. So what we are trying to do is to see how, first of all, we can identify how to manage ourselves, how to make sure that we're not losing money unnecessarily. And in that process, some people are uncomfortable, you see. Mm. But some would say the same people that got SAA into this mess cannot be the same people to take them out of it. Yeah, but unfortunately, when you say the same people, for example, I became a bad member end of last year. I've just been there now, you see. You cannot say the same people because the, the problem of SAA started in 1999. In 1999, SAA has never made profit ex- except, to the best of my knowledge, in 2008 when they made 132 million rands profit before restructuring. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with Dr. Tambi there. Um, the, under the, under Susan Zamela, it made two years of profits. Um, and in fact, it made profits under uh, Coleman Andrews, would you believe, although he was obviously accused of selling off the family silver in terms of spares and aircraft. But uh, Cesar Mzamela showed that it could be turned around. It can be operated profitably. And in fact, many of the years that it's made, oper- it's made losses, it's actually made operating profits. It's just the massive interest burden it's carrying that, that turned uh, profits into losses. Uh, I, I do, however, disagree with Dr. Tambi that there are that there are uh, uh, contracts in place that are, are, are really bad for the airline. Yeah, I mean, those, if they are that historical, uh, those contracts will be up, due up for renewal in the routine course of business anyway. And the the airline management simply needs to be having given clear guidance. I'd like to just cite one example of how interference is damaging the airline. And Dr. Tambi talked about routes, aircraft flying full. The SAA can't make money flying a SAA full service service between Durban and Cape Town. And therefore, it gave that route over to Mango a few years ago. Now it's under a lot of pressure to reinstall, uh, to restate the Durban Cape Town and Cape Town Durban service back. Why? Simply because uh, KwaZulu-Natal politicians want to fly business class to Parliament. These are the sort of interferences that cost the airline a lot of money and that the board needs to stand up to. Okay, I agree with you on some of what you've said. Um, what really is, is critical here, SA is losing money on most of these international routes, except for Frankfurt. The only route that SA is making profit is in the African market. But ironically, this is a market that has been ignored even by the airline. For example, when we talk about the swap, we say we need a robust African strategy. It is only now that we are coming up with a robust African strategy that could sustain the profitability on that, in, in that market. With all due respect, Dr. Tambi, the, the African strategy is nothing new. The airlines known that its best single area of competition or where it can really make money is in Africa. It was seven, eight years ago that it started the, the slogan, bringing the world to Africa and taking Africa to the world. It's known that's, that that route was needed for some time, and that was one of the reasons why it wanted to it agreed to up the order from 15 to 20 Airbus AC20s because that's a good gauge for those particular routes. However, it wasn't expected that the AC40s would become so uncompetitive, and that's why it made so much sense to change them over to the A2 AC30s. This is all good strategy that was put in place by past management and that has been undone now. No, it's not. Let me give you an example. Six years ago, Ethiopian Airlines carried one-third of the passengers of South African Airways. 
Nairobi Airlines carry exactly the same number of passengers in Africa as SA. You cannot tell me that the strategy worked. So the, strategy, the effect of the matter is that no. we've moved to a hub-and-spoke model in, in, in transport, in aviation transport, and the Ethiopian has managed to really exploit its benefits as being a hub at Addis Ababa, whereas South African Airways has the disadvantage of being, as I put it, at the end of the line, at the end of the continent. People don't necessarily fly to Johannesburg and then on to, for instance, South America. I disagree with that. Ethiopian Airlines bought 40% of Sky which is a uh, connecting airline in Togo, uh, West Africa. And that has been used as a hub, not Addis Ababa, really. Uh, I they have right. into Africa as being their foresight and the aggression to capture the African market where South African Airlines has not done so. And I'm sure we'll come back to that. Our listeners will raise that, no doubt. Uh, but I want to bring in uh, Ms. Uh, uh, Quinana once again and talk about some of the uh, dissatisfaction uh, back at home um, internally at SAA. And uh, th- th- there have been reports of excessive board interference in the management and also overriding of Treasury instructions. Uh, how that has led uh, to some of the instability that we are currently seeing where now you have a situation where your employees are actually leaking documents because they are so frustrated, Ms. Quinana. Uh, yes. You know, basically the reason for that, it is clear that there's a lot of racism, there's a lot of discrimination, and there's resistance to transformation. If you look at this whole uh, dissatisfaction by a handful of people, after all, because it's not everybody who is unhappy. In uh, actually, you can you can actually distinguish the people who are happy. Unfortunately, in terms of race, they leak confidential information. They distort the facts. They mislead South Africans by feeding by feeding the media with distorted information. The example of distorted information, for instance, is this Airbus deal that Dr. Dambi was talking about. Because South Africans and also SAA employees were made to believe that if we sign this bad deal as it is today, we will not meet the going consent guarantee. And the truth is, even if we can sign it today as bad as it is, we will still need to sign the guarantee. The other thing that the media is saying, uh, is saying the interpreting is the reason for the ailing state of SAA. The truth is, SAA incurred losses of about 13 billion as far back as 2003-2004. And at the time, I understand that the chairperson was a professor. And in 2006-07, government injected 8.5 billion in equity to fund the losses of SAA at the time. In 2010, the government converted subordinated loans to an amount of $1.5 to equity. Obviously, this was intended to strengthen the balance sheet of SAA. And then now, also Dr. Tami did talk about the investigation into financial losses. Now that we know exactly what makes SAA to, 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 to have uh, so much losses, which most of them are man-made. Now, 
employees are starting uh, to jump ship and employees are starting to leak incorrect information in the media. And as I said, it is incorrect, and I have explained why I am saying it is incorrect. And therefore, uh, South Africans, it is high time that they know the truth. And for now, the board members have not yet spoken yet. You have invited us to the studio. It is now time that we come ourselves and talk and inform South Africans of exactly what is happening. And also, maybe inform South Africans the real reason why there is so much uh, unhappiness with this handful of people. All right, we'll get into that after the break. Why the unhappiness with a handful of people and why they are feeding the info, the, 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 this uh, incorrect information to the media is what we'll pick up on after the news break. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Talking about uh, South African Airways and asking this morning, how can SAA change its cause from its current woes? SA, you can uh, SMS us on the number 34701 or you can call us right now on 0891-104-208. And our guest this morning, uh, board members, Dr. John Tambi, as well as Yake Quinana and Guy Leach, aviation expert and editor and publisher of SA Flyer magazine. Um, Ms. Quinana, let's just pick up where we left off before the news break, uh, where you were talking about, you know, uh, people uh, who were basically resisting transformation at the airline? Uh, You know, Sakina, transformation is very painful and I have tasted that at SAA. You are taking the trees which have developed the roof over 81 years. So you can imagine how difficult that is to the people who have been benefiting for over 25 years in respect of this non-transformation that has been taking place. If you look at the Ernest and Young report, it has got contracts that were negotiated against SAA. And you wonder what is the reason for an SAA employee negotiating contracts against SAA. I am not going to say what is the reason, but of course, it does not take a scientist or a rocket scientist to know to 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 determine what is the reason for the for for, for the negotiation again. No, sorry, I, I need to step in there. Just a moment. Can, can we just let uh, Ms. Quinana finish, and then I'll give you an opportunity, guys. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guy, you can come in. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, while transformation is obviously a really important issue for any state-owned enterprise, I, I, I fail to see where the issue of transformation or in particular apparent racism within the organization, and I'm not convinced that it really is a significant factor at all, but how that affects profitability, I think that um, Ms. Kunana is actually hiding behind the good old race card here in this particular one. The, the fact of the matter is that it is accepted by all players concerned that tra- the transformation agenda is one of the things that contributes to the airline's lack of profitability. Uh, it's a separate issue entirely. Uh, my experience of the airline, and let me tell you that I've, I'm engaged extremely thoroughly with a number of aspects of the airline, is that all the aspects that I've seen, particularly in the flight operations department, literally, if I may make a bad joke, bend over backwards 
to accommodate all the transformation agendas that they possibly can in terms of, for instance, pilot development, cabin crew development, and so on. So I think that to, to hide behind the racism card is, again, disingenuous, and this is all to avoid the reality of why the airline is not trading profitably. Ms. Gwenana? Uh, of course, uh, uh, I will not agree with Daily. <coughs> the transformation, basically, that I am talking about here is in respect of procurement. And these contracts that I am talking about are in respect of procurement. And how transformation affects profitability. As we said, these contracts would have been negotiated better. But now, because these companies have been um, servicing SAM for the past 81 years, and the contracts have been running without being negotiated, then that is one of the reasons for, 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 for the leakages in terms of the profitability of SAM. So basically, those are interviews. So, so who's been responsible for renewing those contracts then? Of course, SAA is responsible for renewing those, those contracts. But now, what has been happening, which we also have found out and are correcting as a board, is that these contracts have been extended, extended uh, left, right, and center without being advertised so that people who have not had an opportunity of making business with SAA are in a position to do so. Management has just been extending them and uh, perpetuating the status quo. So have you acted against those managers for uh, uh, perhaps not uh, following due process and making sure that this is actually what is best for the airline? We are acting against them. And hence you find there are some resignations as we speak and there are resignations that happened over the past uh, two months when we received this report from NSMA. May I ask why this is the job of the non-executive board and not a CEO? Uh, the non, the, we, we are bound by the board charter and therefore the board charter tells us exactly what our responsibility is and what is the responsibility of the executive team the responsibility to make sure, the ultimate responsibility to make sure that the airline is on its feet is the board's responsibility as the accounting authority. Okay, but why has the board not been able to appoint a satisfactory CEO for the past six or seven years? Um, the CEO, you know the reasons for the CEO not to, to, not to be there because you, you, I, I hope you have been following the reasons for the resignation of the CEO. And I don't have to mention them here. You know them yourself. Let me put it to Mr. Uh, Tambi and yourself that this has in fact been a purge of anyone who has not actually kowtowed to the whims of the non-executive directors of the board, particularly obviously the chairperson who's been in the news a lot, that uh, there are other agendas at foot here, not necessarily the actual financial viability of the airline coming from board members, which are actually counterproductive to the role of the CEO. Okay, uh, before I I start, I just want to make it clear that I'm 100% convinced that SA can be turned around and SA can be profitable. I want to stay on that record. 
Now, the issue of the CEO, we have already made an exhaustive uh, search process and will come up with a selection. But uh, what I found out most of the times, issues concerning SA are always geared towards the chairperson, which I think is not fair. I think the only crime the chairperson has committed is the issue of transformation. She is determined and she's not going to stop to ensure that SA is transformed. And that has created a lot of uh, discomfort among people within and outside SA. So every time they mention SA, they have to find a way to bring in the chair, which I think is not, uh, it's not really fair to her. Okay, uh, I hear I'll, you I'll that the only crime she's committed is to try and create transformation processes, but at the same time, she's gone deliberately against Minister Lynn Brown and then again deliberately against Minister Nanny after she effectively defeated Minister Lynn Brown in terms of pushing her own agenda rather than the actual government's agenda. Isn't that a good enough reason for to her to, be, to, to say that she's not actually acting in the airline's best interests or certainly the shareholders' best interests? When you say her agenda, what is this agenda? Well, her agenda is transformation. She's made it very clear. Yes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There isn't anything wrong with that as long as it is conducted in a responsible manner. That if you've appointed a, a company to do, a, to do business with the airline, that company must have an, a, a proven capacity to do it. It must not be a, an entity that doesn't yet even exist and when it's confronted actually ducks out of the issue like this quartile capital. It can't be a ground-handling company that doesn't have a, have a, ground, a, a, a track record either that wants to take on Bidvest's track record. This is a, a recipe for failure. An airline cannot be compromised in terms of the standards of either service or especially safety by appointing um, probably companies that are, are cronies or comrades of the chairperson, perhaps that's certainly what the rest of the media is saying, uh, and that don't, but most importantly, don't have a track record of delivery. That's where the, the resistance is coming from in the general media. Okay, let's get the listeners in on this. 891 Mike in Johannesburg, what would you like to contribute? Yes, um, I'm just disturbed by, you know, I just felt I should come in by the way this guy, guy, is talking. You know, other people are talking and Dr. Gumbi is sounding neutral and then guy seems to be having his own agenda, he's interjecting when other people are not even finished. He's disrespectful, uh, the kind, you know, like of, of, of his kind of the old, you know, apartheid system. You know, he's, he's showing that, okay, He's the kind of guy or a journalist or, or so-called expert who are running around and, 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 and moving around with companies that are making this government fail and the companies like SAA fail. So if we can check where guy moves around, you will find that he moves around with those companies making sure that SAA fail instead of building SAA. He's disrespectful. That's why what was actually disturbing me. All if right. You can, yeah. Got you there, Mike in Joburg. From one mic to another in Newlands. Good morning. Hi, good morning, uh, SK and the panel. Good grief, guy. I didn't know you were such a multi-talented guy. You single-handedly are bringing down SAA as well. I uh, want to just say that, you know, this is a bigger problem. Uh, this malaise that we have SAA speaks to the whole government, all the parasitals. SABC is a classic case. You've got great presenters and producers, but you've got Claudi Mutsenen, who does absolutely nothing, and three and a half million has no education, no qualifications, no nothing. He's done nothing. Oh, well, tell you what he has done. He's kept the DA off the show. But then you look at SAA. 
We've got great pilots, great technicians, great engineers, great cabin crew, but we've got what appointed by the president in high places. And their job is not to run an airline. Their job is to create the airline, to make a vehicle, as in Chrysler, to have companies that can then buy stuff, they add value to it, the value goes to the comrades, and then it goes on at a higher cost to the airline, which then in turn adds to its loss, which the taxpayer then funds. So these, these parastatals like SAA, a guy I'm sure you'll agree, and those who are prepared to think it through will can't disagree, uh, you can't have people who have no idea how airlines function. The gentleman there, the doctor there, simply doesn't understand how business works. This is not a way to run an airline or any parastatal, and it will fail. We need to sell it off for one rand, and let's get on with taking the money. 30 billion we've lost today. Let's give that to the poor of this country, and let's get this country going. You can't continue like this. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. And Newlands, uh, Grant, you're also in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just I failed to see how your earlier caller, Mike, can take pot shots at an industry uh, as an industry uh, writer who has many, many years of experience, he just took direct pot shots at him personally. I just, I think that's totally irrelevant. But more importantly, the list of of uh, government-run departments that are failing is just incredible. It's totally incredible. It's just uh, insane what's going on in this country. Wherever there's a uh, a government-run uh, department, it's failing. It's going into bankruptcy. I, uh, you know, examples include. Uh, Petro SA, South African Airways. It just, the list just goes on. You know, it, at this rate, we'll probably uh, be declared bankrupt as a country within the next two years. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you so much, uh, Grant. Uh, let's go to Kualani in Mtata. Good morning. Hi, okay. Morning, Hello. Kualani. Hi. I think for, for me, the representative of SAA just missed something around the issue of transformation and racism, taking into account that SAA is a government part which the government is the biggest shareholder, if then they are unable to deal with transformation and racism 21 years down the line, then we're going to have a serious problem going forward. Because we shouldn't be in a position by now to be talking about the issue of transformation and racism, which is, I will use the word, preached on a day-to-day basis by government on implementation, uh, on, on trying to implement that. They, um, they must come up with a different excuse because they have the power and the authority to implement whatever they have to implement because they are the ones who are controlling it. If they can't do it, then who else can do that? Thank you so much. Uh, Kolani, uh, Pat Corbin, ex-CEO of an airline. Good morning. Morning, Pat. Entered the debate is the Air Services Licensing Council. Um, the Air Services Licensing Council is a party that actually approves the operation of the airline and has to ensure that the person who's in charge of running the airline is a competent, experienced person and that the airline is on the right financial fitting. And I'm, I'm just um, not hearing that come through because I'd like to hear from the Air Services Licensing Council that actually they are satisfied with the structure of SAA and the way it is being run because they have a responsibility, obviously, to the passengers of the pay in the fare. The other point, that SAA does have an advantage that we don't talk about. It has its control literally over the bilaterals, which do restrict a lot of aviation operations into Africa. And since 1991, Africa has been trying to get its act together with fifth freedom, which still hasn't happened. So we have all these problems. We had a wonderful operation with Air Africa years ago, but that 
totally collapsed. That was nine countries all working together, and it should have been a very successful operation. They used to fly into Johannesburg, but through total corruption, it collapsed. So really, you need people, aviation is a highly specialized business, and we really need people who are seeped in the business, had years of experience, who actually are aviation people running the airline. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Pat Corbin, ex-airline uh, CEO. William is in East London. Good morning. Hey, guys. How's it, man? Uh, yeah, I must say I totally, totally agree with Pat because um, I, th- I think the biggest problem with the SAA board is incompetence. And uh, it's people that get employed because of skin color. And I, I'm not racist when I say this. I'm just saying people getting employed and getting deployed um, because they are connected to the right people. And that's why things are failing. I think I think transformation is critical. Yes, it must be transformed. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. But you can't have people that have got no skill in the industry to run it. I, I'm, I, I do film for a living, and let me tell you something. If I had to employ people that know nothing about film, my company would fold in two months. I won't even survive two months. To say that SAA cannot compete with local companies and other airlines, that is the biggest lot of hogwash I've ever heard. Because all the other airlines around the world sit with the same problem. They've got to compete with SAA. SAA is funded. Why did one time fold? One time didn't fold because they were they were run by incompetent people. They were fold, They folded because they had to completely uh, give in to, to to Mango, which is run by SAA. And and SAA just just gets bailed out all the time. Where private companies don't have that luxury. So private companies have got to take the brunt of it and be competent and run and make financial gains. Where SAA just gets given billions. Oh, I have another five billion. Have another three billion. Have another four billion. And if we don't sort this out, I'm sorry. I think SA is way past its, its sell-by date. Get rid of it. Sell it off, or get people that know what they're doing. Because the current board are a bunch of idiots. Oh, that's William in East London. Let's go to Cape Town. Anonymous. Good morning. Uh, hi. Uh, it's very obvious that something is wrong with the management of SAA. Uh, if you fly SAA most of the time, at least within Africa, you find the flights are, are quite full. Uh, so whether it has to do with how they negotiated their contracts for the, for the acquisition of the airlines or whatever it is, they obviously haven't operated with simple, uh, prudent business principles. So if it turns out that the transformation or quality of management, uh, uh, you know, is, is a problem, why are we avoiding those things and just trying to look for the problem elsewhere? You know, mm-hmm. if the man, if the management needs to be needs to be removed, let them be cleansed out. If the mini, who you know, if the chairperson needs to be taken out, let them be taken out. You know, and just stop. Look, four billion every year. That's 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 that's, that's too much. Thank you so much, Anonymous in Cape Town. Um, Vumeni also on that uh, uh, sort of tip says, I think I've had enough of black people always pulling out the race and transformation card to cover up their failures. A few others, Atspiwa uh, says, uh, Alec Irwin, Gikaba and now Brown did absolutely nothing to save SAA. Only Barbara Hogan tried to bring life and she was fired. Nkosing Pile Mkunu says, I think uh, for SAA to change government, myself 50% to private sector. Tolani Sikade says, um, SAA shows a lack of leadership of uh, President Zuma and the ANC collective. All SOEs where President is mentioned um, or name dropped seems to fail. Jacques Cupido says, SAA has too many subsidiary companies. At Tato AE says, the profitability of African market is based on its high prices. It's expensive to fly in the region uh, uh, than it is to go to Europe. Vugilet Luati says, SAA suffers from cognitive dissonance, a condition of uncomfortable 
denial, even when a cogent argument and evidence is brought on. Spelele Dludla says, um, if I were not for government, ba- if it were not for government bailouts, SAA would have long closed shop like one time and other airlines. And then um, Tabo Malcolm II says the board must be booted out, incompetence, lack of innovation, lack of leadership, too much cronies of the ANC. Tepo Mohale's contribution. Then Dr. Tambi, if some of the deals that were made on behalf of SAA are illegal, why are the negotiators not prosecuted? And Clever Black says, did the racism in SAA cause the losses? If so, what did those in charge do to resolve this is management responsible at all so we unfortunately uh, are going to take those and we need to start wrapping them up uh, dr tambi yeah thank you for those comments uh, thank you for the opportunity i think for me what is important uh, and i still believe that sa can be turned around it's the best airline in africa has the best employees and we are confident that we can do that so, um, in response to what the listeners were raising there, well, the they... listener, one of them was talking about uh, we don't have a, a business uh, acumen. I think uh, people can just talk and say what they want to say. Some of us, I have over 35 years of experience. I have a, a African aviation experience, and I don't think of anyone who is better suited to turn SA around in terms of board leadership than us. Um, Guy Leach? Yes, hi. Um, I, I can agree with some parts of what Dr. Tambi has just said, but you know, the fact of the matter is that the airline is still enormously bloated. It's, it's, it's probably about 20% overstaffed. It is currently still being used as a tool for development by government, again at the cost of profitability. It is costing the taxpayers a billion rand a year. That can be fixed. We already have a working strategy in place in terms of the long-term turnaround strategy and the completion of the 90-day turnaround strategy. It needs strong leadership to do that, and to have strong leadership, what it really needs is for the leaders to be left to get on, or the men, the CEO in this case, to be left to get on with the job and not interfered with by government for the for whatever own agenda they might particular have that is contrary to the long-term success of the airline. That is why we have seen the, the departure of Cesar Mzumela, probably one of the most successful CEOs the airline has had in the past five years. We've seen the, the departure of Monobisa Kalawi, and again, a, a competent individual who was doing well until he was cut off at the knees by lack of support from the board. And we've seen the reluctance to appoint other extremely competent managers, such as Nico Bezadenhout, who has been now acting two or three times, as far as I know, who's managed to turn the airline around, and then the moment he becomes successful, again gets booted out by the board, probably simply because he's not black. These are all problems that the board is, is that the airline is facing, largely because of interference from the board and obviously from the shareholder. It could be successful. It, it could operate, if not profitably, then at least sustainably at break-even. Um, and it's, it's not that difficult to do it. But I do agree with many of the listeners out there. I think it's time for some fresh blood, both at obviously at board level, particularly at, at um, chairman level, where there is a crisis of, of credibility gain on right now and it clearly needs a CEO who can be left to get on with it and turn the airline around. Ms. Gwinana? Yes, again I'm going to talk about uh, the, the three acts that I feel are disabling for SAA. In this case in the first one I'm going to talk as a South African citizen not as an SAA board member for because I don't want to expose SAA into competition commission fine. Competition commission is making it just impossible for SAA to do business. The reason being that 
uh, this is the example that I normally like when a government would buy, uh, would have this South African Airways and end up supporting another airline. And we are not allowed to talk about that in the courtroom. And the application of the PFNS, whether it is applied incorrectly or the interpretation is incorrect, is also not doing good for, uh, for us because even if SCA is uh, expensive by general then the PFNA says you must take another airline. Remember that SAA belongs to government. So if the government does not support SAA, then we will still be talking about these issues that we are talking about even now. The Labor Relations Act also makes it very difficult to fire the non-performers. And most CEOs would put the person in the shelf and employ another person or a consultant to perform the job of an employee on the shelf. This results in overstaffing and high payroll. Lastly, the disjointed government initiatives that results in loss of opportunities in economies of scale. Like, for instance, SAA currently is procuring five aircraft, and I heard that Department of Defense is also procuring the aircraft. The government should be using those as, uh, and make sure that we negotiate the prices and SAA could benefit, for instance, uh, in respect of the debt uh, fuel, okay. where government would, in fact, buy the debt fuel for all the government entities that require the debt fuel. Well, that unfortunately is all we have time for this morning. Thanks to our guest, Dr. John Tambi, a South African Airways Board member, as well as Yake Kwenana, Chairwoman of the South African Airways Audit and Risk Committee, and Guy Leach, aviation expert and editor and publisher of SA Flyer magazine. And of course, to you, fantastic participation as always, and to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear.